Hello and welcome to Fitness Unfiltered episode <laughs> whatever. <laughs> um, what episode is it? Who cares? Who cares? Look, dear audience, thanks for bearing with us almost 10 seconds into the podcast if you haven't already turned off. Um, but we are not feeling particularly motivated. It's coming to the end of the year. We thought we would talk about how to feel motivated. I've had two and a half hours sleep in the last 24 hours. Um, Emma's got really bad back pain. Um, and Dan has taken 40 minutes to load up his computer. So... <laughs> all authentic, innit? Yeah. It's authentic. So, hashtag, it's real. So, hashtag real talk. So we thought we would have a chat about the fact that Christmas is coming up. And I think that everyone's natural tendency when it comes to things like fitness and nutrition and being on top of your healthy habits and all of those sorts of things tends to go out of the window at this year at this time of year and the the time at which it starts to go out the window seems to get earlier and earlier and earlier and and I've reflected on this quite a lot in the past so thought about you know when yeah you should let go at Christmas and enjoy yourself and have great times with your family and not worry about you know ridiculous things like calories and all of that kind of stuff but where do you draw the line? Like, do you do that on Christmas Day? Do you do that from November the 1st, once Halloween is over? Um, and I think a lot of people are, you know, of that ilk, where as soon as there is an excuse, as soon as the celebrations and the heroes start to appear, we just turn into these, like... Oh, you meant the celebration chocolates, not the actual yeah. celebrations of Jesus Christ. Yes, I mean celebrations of chocolates. Oh, okay. Um, I'm just like um, tipping my hat here to Ilk, get squeezing Ilk in I know, I was quite impressed. Um, mm. And yeah, I mean, the thing is that there's a, there's a massive divide between enjoying yourself, not taking things too seriously and not worrying about calories and eating every single calorie you can get your hands on. Um, because it's well, I don't think that's enjoyable. It's not enjoyable, but I think I think for some it is though. That's the reality. Yeah, I do think I'm, for some it is. It is a is an opportunity. No, well, I think they think exactly. that it's going to be, and it's still exactly. Not. And I, I, speaking from from my experience, when it comes to stuff like this, I, I spent a lot of time dieting, and the one thing that I sort of miss, you know, I was always quite sensible with my calories, and I was eating reasonable amounts of food, and I wasn't doing, you know. Um, detox teas and things like that but the one thing that i really missed was like stuffing my face (laughs) (laughs) because even you know no matter if you you, like if you are on 2000 calories or you know and a lot of people are on a lot less than that when they're dieting even if you save up calories you can't really stuff your face and you kind of associate those moments of stuffing your face with happy family times social events and all of those sorts of things and so therefore you think that the stuffing of the face is what's bringing you joy <laughs> I'm so sorry <laughs> but um, you're obviously not privy to the video on this Skype call Emma Story Gordon has sunk below the table because I believe that she might be struggling a little bit with her back tell us what's going on basically it really hurts to sit but also stand or just like be alive at the moment so I squirm around quite a lot. <laughs> yeah. That's what's going on. Mm. But do, mildly distracting. Do, yeah, sorry, do continue. <laughs> I, yeah, so I was saying, like, I think we, we kind of assume that it's the stuffing of the face that's what's bringing us pleasure, when actually, in reality, it's being around family, being relaxed, 
um, being around friends. I definitely agree. Although I think you do make a really good point about almost like letting go. And I think it's probably it is partly the stuff in your face that you miss. But it's also just the thinking, I'll just have whatever I want with no consequences kind of thing. Mm, like when you're yeah. so used to tracking everything, you're like, well, actually, I know that all of this counts, even if I didn't track it. Yeah, and then thinking, because I'm letting go, and this is because it's Christmas, I've only got a limited amount of time to get in as much as possible. So therefore, you know, even if you have those, you know, the the intentions of not, you know, going too much letting of the go, um, you often still end up eating quite a lot more than you probably want to or need to and you know there's lots of different schools of thoughts on this and I think a lot of people think well actually it's like it's almost you know good for you to feast like that's what is that's part of socializing um but I think it's so it's so nuanced and it's so contextual because I think here as well we're we're, sorry to interrupt you I was in the middle of a sentence I do apologize please continue (laughs) I was going to say because for some people um you know, that can lead to further problems. Oh, I'm so glad that you finished that sentence. That made all the difference. No, I was just going to, I was just going to state as well, because we're talking strictly from a body composition point of view here, whereas depending on people's motivations, whether that's intrinsic, extrinsic, I mean, you have sports people, performance athletes that have different reasons for being unmotivated and motivated this time of year. Did you know that, um, oh God, I was going to say Tom Daly, but I actually meant Daly Thompson used to train twice on Christmas Day. They're very similar looking, to be fair. Isn't Um, that funny? Daily Thompson and Tom Daly. I know. It's not that funny, really. It's not that close. I think it's hilarious. Um, And I have been to the gym on Christmas Day as well, which seems really unusual. And it's an interesting concept. And that's, that's the other thing, is when people... When people rag on people for continuing their healthy habits over Christmas, oh, it's Christmas. Why are you being such a loser? Why do you want to go to the gym on Christmas Day? Because there's not nothing else to do. But ge- genuinely speaking, that some people, that's all they have. That's their equivalent of going down the pub. I know. So, yeah, I do I think that's, that's worth mentioning. Um, God, it's so sad for them, me. But, it's <laughs> but also, <laughs> but why is it sadder to go to the gym on Christmas Day than it is to go to the pub on Christmas Day? Like... If you're going to the gym, you're socialising with people at the gym, you're doing an activity that you enjoy. When you know what? Pub, you're socialising people at the pub, you're doing an activity that you enjoy. I always find Christmas morning quite boring because, like, you'd get up, whatever. Like, we're adults now, I don't know about you guys, but, like, I have, like, one present to open. Yeah. And then you we're kind of just sat stuff. around. Huh? You have to peel stuff as well. Yeah, because like, a lot of work to be done. Can cook for people. Well, but, also, yeah, the cooking thing, but then it's too many people in the kitchen and everyone's just stressed out. So I'm like, actually, it'd be better if I just left, went mm. to the gym, came back happy, and then ate all the food that you've made for me. But if, <laughs> if we are talking about overindulgence and people not exercising, realistically, it's just two days. But, you know, I, I do find a lot of people I know. Hang on, so, hang on, hang on. Two days. Hang on, let me finish, man. I was mid-sentence there. When's the two days? Well, Christmas... What, you're making the most of two days, most people do, which is Christmas Day and Boxing Day. Okay, Christmas Day Christmas is one Eve? day. What about New Year's? What about my Christmas parties? Yeah. There's no salvaging this, is there? What I was about... Really trying and did, you, did you know the period between Christmas and New Year? Do you know what that's called? Limbo. No, Purgatory. it's called... It's called Betwixtmas. <laughs> 
That's ridiculous. I think Never I've mentioned that. that on the podcast maybe a year ago since now the podcast Re- is over. Really? Because um, I don't remember that. We could... Well, that's not surprising, <laughs> is it? What are you saying? <laughs> is there any... Can we salvage this somehow? Okay, continue, please, Dan. No, I'm just a genuine question. I can't. I wasn't being facetious about it. I can't remember what I was saying. Okay, well, I I think your point was going to be that actually letting go for two people days. think. Oh, the... oh, okay, go. You've remembered. <laughs> no, it was, yeah, I was going to say because people are now writing like writing it off from now. Social events have already started, and I think because people tend to be in that all or nothing mentality is, oh well. If my nutrition is going to go off skew, then maybe I do keep up my training or, you know, if I'm not going to train as much, maybe I pay attention to my nutrition the days in between. People are very much of the mindset, it's November, it's Christmas, ain't it? And then that's it. They're, they've then written it off for the next year. And I think that's why so many people end up slashing the calories in half, doing double sessions and doing all that, all, all that other ridiculous stuff where uh, you've got those circling vultures ready to sell them booty in January. Mm. Because it's scary as well. It, like if you've if you've made a lot of progress throughout the year, um, or or in your life, it's like actually you almost become quite scared of things like putting weight on and stuff like that. So you're kind of you know speaking from personal experience, I've had those sorts of thoughts where, you know, I've wanted to quote unquote let go and enjoy Christmas, but I'm like, what if, what if I just end up you know over the course of a week ruining everything or i think it's more and, the point you know like, the reality is that yeah that's like if you're happens. rational you know that the week's not going to ruin anything but then it's like <clears throat> will i get back into this routine mm. yeah and actually in reality again speaking from experience i've found i've that's what's happened to me on a number of occasions is that i've let go over christmas and then i found it very 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 difficult and it's taken me weeks and months to actually get back into my more healthy routines don't, don't you habits. find that's easier though if you keep some of those like healthful habits you've worked on through the years as i was, as I was saying before like with the compromises is if you are going to slack with on your nutrition and you are going to go out sociably you are going to drink and everything if you do keep your foot in the door in terms of training whether that's team sports whether it's in the gym whether that's swimming whether that's just some sort of movement you enjoy it is that much easier to get back into the flow of things is when you stop doing everything at once that is very difficult Mm. Yeah, I agree with that. The the thing I'm struggling with with my back is I've still been going to the gym every morning, but literally all I can do is like a little bit on the cross trainer and some stretches. But what I don't want to do is associate the gym with the place where I do basically nothing and just lackluster and then like leave, like mm. dolly around for a bit and then walk out. Whereas I normally go in, train hard and leave. So I can sort of see it from both sides. Like I don't want to associate the gym with the place that I'm not yeah. working hard. I mean, circumstance is slightly different in that you've kind of had the choice taken away from you there. Because I, I think I've had a bit of a weird, weird four to five weeks um, where I haven't really been able to do much. So it's what you're capable of doing. And the way, because my motivation hasn't been great recently, it's, it's, it's almost like a little bit of a privilege what I am able to do because I do some, know some less able-bodied people that don't have that choice. Are you talking about myself? No, joking. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, as in it's, if you can get in there and do a little bit of something what you're able to, because genuinely it's, it's a bit of a privilege because there are people that can't do anything at all. They don't have a say in that at all. And I think back to my circumstances a month ago where I 
I couldn't do anything at all. And I would love to have been able to even just take the dog for a walk. Yeah, it is so true. And I think you appreciate like when this back pain does go, which I am fully aware is just like a thing. Like I'm not making, well, I am making a huge deal out of it, but you know, it's just one of the things that happens and you deal with it. But you'll appreciate so much more being able to just like walk pain free or like sit down without being mm. uncomfortable. Do you think you will or do you think you'll just forget it? Oh, it's like when you have a cold, isn't normal. it? You have a cold, you're like, oh, do you remember what it was like when I could breathe through my nose? I'm going to take it a deep breath every day when my cold goes. And then just well, I it. think it lasts for a We don't forget to breathe. For a little bit. Well, no, you don't forget that bit. It does last a little bit. So every time I have a migraine afterwards for about about a week, I'm like, Feeling okay is the best thing in the world. <laughs> Just okay. Yeah. But I, I think it's down to how you're motivated as well. Dan, have you so found doing... that clients recently have been like a bit more demotivated or struggled with motivation? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, but some of that, especially those that, you know, if they're in a profession where they have to take out people and they have to socialise, they have to entertain, is there's a huge so- social element which um, takes them away from their, their regular daily habits and behaviours that they're used to. So just as like a, a pragmatic thing, we normally set up some non-negotiables in that what they're typically able to do in the fairer months. We take a little step back. So if it's usually four workouts a week, we might just say three because that then sets them up for a win that's something they know they can definitely achieve and then anything else on top of that's a bonus because I think that if you have a set number of workouts or you know training sessions you plan on attending if you're one shy of that by the end of the week most people do tend to beat themselves up be quite hard on themselves Mm -hmm. yeah I have sort of bare minimum like non-negotiables that I set with clients and another thing I do around this time of year or often with women who really struggle like with their time of the month is give them extra optional calories I call them sort of thing where do you know what if you ate say 1800 calories this week instead of your usual 1600 calories that'd be absolutely fine don't feel like you need to use them but if you do know that that's about maintenance and that that wouldn't be a problem and then it tends to be that they don't use them but because they've taken that pressure off themselves of I have to stick to 1600 Mm. that actually ends up working a little bit better. This is, this is probably quite good, I think, if in, in terms of the listeners in little pragmatic tips because I think this time of year as well is like community or partnering up with a training partner as well. So the days where you do just think, I cannot be effed to go to the gym, you have got someone else you're potentially letting down if you don't go. Yeah. Do you know what I find the most unmotivating thing in the world? Being cold. Yeah, I'm I'm rip part rip. Well, I am reptilian. Oh gosh! If there was it, if there as in if there was a hot lamp at work, I would sit under it and just not move. I'm not good in the cold at all. No, I don't do cold at all. And if I'm cold, all I want to do is just get warm. I've got no motivation to like leave the house, exercise, literally do anything. Just want to get warm. I was just going to say, part of this is I... seasonal, Mike. Um, I don't think I get full on sad. But what is your experience of sad? And do you actually have people that come to you in clinic with it? And what is sad? And what is sad? So sad is um, a conditional a, a condition a condition called seasonal affective disorder. So it stands for SAD, um, or SAD stands for it. 
Um, and it's basically a type of depression that is um, seasonal. So it sort of comes and goes in a seasonal pattern. Um, and it's often like people call it winter depression because it tends to be worse and more apparent um, in the winter time. Um, and a lot of people that get it feel better during the summer. And basically it's the same symptoms that you would get with a, a normal depression. So feeling, you know, low in mood, loss of interest in, in doing things, irritability, sort of, you know, feelings of like lethargy, worthlessness, sleeping longer than normal, etc. Um, and we don't really know what causes it, but it, it the, the, it's basically linked to like a re reduced exposure to, to blue light, basically. So... Um, a lot of the thinking is now that we do more office-based jobs, often people are traveling to work in the dark, um, spending all day in a fluorescently lit uh, office, which with no sort of natural light, um, and then going home in the dark. So they don't get any exposure to natural sunlight, which affects your kind of your internal body clock. So like your circadian rhythm and your production of hormones like, you know, melatonin and serotonin and things. What about um, vitamin D? Is that linked? Um, I mean, a reduced vitamin D can cause some of the symptoms. So you can get things like fatigue and stuff with a reduced vitamin D and probably like... The, the thing is, the trouble with things like this is that everything is so multifactorial that it's very difficult to say, oh yeah, so this does this and then that causes this and that's why you feel like this. Um, You know, you can mimic the same symptoms of... of you know of a low mood by you know just having a rubbish thing happen to you as well so it, it's very like every all of the things are interlinked and then how you process it and how you express those emotions etc depends on you know your own ways of you know um processing emotions too so there's so many different factors at play that it's very difficult to go oh yeah just do this and then you know that's that's why i get a bit frustrated do you get patients that what? actually come in well aware of it or they just give you the symptoms and you kind of is it something you would diagnose yeah <clears throat> it is and what would be suggested treatment um well lots of different things depending on the severity so like you know the people use like um like light boxes and things like that to kind of simulate exposure to sunlight um but then the usual treatments for depression like things like antidepressants talking therapies um lifestyle measures as well sort of you know so you do, do it does go as far as uh, prescribing antidepressants in some cases well it it depends yeah it, it can do oh interesting hmm does that answer your question, Dan? That does. Thank You're you for welcome. that. No, because um, I genuinely wondered whether people, well, firstly, whether they're aware of it or they just come to come to the doctors with those symptoms and that was something you would diagnose and then that is something you would then there treat or that is just a syndrome of sorts and that would be you'd, you'd talk them through the symptoms and what they're experiencing and then they would go away and have to deal with that knowing that spring they would feel better. Well, no, because it's a genuine it's a genuine condition like it's not it's no, that's my that's my ignorance yeah. that's why i wanted to ask the question because i didn't yeah know. absolutely didn't know. so thank you for clearing you're most up. welcome so th there are actual um you know like nice the national institute for health and care excellence which is i think its current abbreviation um they just recommend that it's treated in exactly the same way that you would treat other types of depression so so what can we do or what can we suggest to people to get them out of a slump or help with motivation this time of year? 
What, from a medical point of view or from a life point of view? From a, a lifestyle point I of view. I don't know. <laughs> How useful. <laughs> okay, I have a question. No, sorry, that's not true. I do know. So, trying to get sunlight, trying to, um, like, just get plenty of exercise... I see. This is the thing: is like exercise and outdoor yeah, activity. What if you're not motivated to out- yeah, exercise? Yeah, but but doing stuff well, gives you motivation. Well, it's a bit of a vicious circle. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It's a bit of a vicious circle. Healthy, balanced diets. You know, stress management. All of the all of the things. Oh, things are my favourite. Yeah. Sorry, Emma. You was gonna ask a question. I was gonna ask a question in it, but then you interrupted me, so I can't remember what I was saying. Is it? Is it? Brap! Do you remember when people used to say that? What did that mean? Brap. Yeah. Brap was like the sound that a gun makes. Brap, brap. So it was so people. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. I can't remember what song is that. Put out my get a rat tat tat. Anyway, we're getting off topic here. That's we? very unlike us. Very off topic, yeah. Okay, what about comfort foods? Hmm? What about that, Dan? What have you got mm. to say about that? Uh, uh, what availability um i do f- personally and for many i work with i find it's out of sight out of mind and i think the problem is i say the problem what can be problematic this time of year is that people tend to stock up in the shops now mm. those big boxes celebrations roses with you know the genuine intent to leave those until christmas but they don't they open them now and then they buy more and the problem is christmas ends up being two months yeah, that is the problem. So it's having all those highly palatable foods. Like we available. are talking about Christmas. It's the fourteenth of November. That tells us everything. We yeah. are the problem. We are the problem. <laughs> but also, this time of year, with your Costa, with their or other coffee brands of shops available, um, their special drinks and whatnot, you literally leave your house and everywhere you're signposted and encouraged to eat. And what we learned from our friend Jenny. Rosborough is that what, what was her last our good friend that's what you have to say you can't say our friend you have to say our, our good, good friend. friend our good friend um environment largely dictates um our food choices so when you leave the house and you're constantly being encouraged to eat in person okay but does it do you know what else makes here's, it really here's difficult? a good question so if you go and get an americano it's really difficult to carry because it's so hot and it's really difficult to drink and because it's so liquidy it just flurs all over the place like it it leaks out of the flurs yeah like flurs and (laughs) um whereas if you get like a latte or a cappuccino the foam tends to stabilize the liquid and it's much easier to drink out and about so you're encouraging listeners to go for high No, I'm not encouraging them to. I'm saying that's what makes ease. it so difficult to, because you just think, oh, I so want to So what get... you're saying is the government needs to bring in something that is going to stop Americanos flurring. Yeah, exactly. They, they need to be more right. viscous. Maybe we should speak to Jenny about this, because it seems serious. Yeah, or Boris. Or I don't Boris. Th- I think Boris has got enough got issues. Blood, he? He's got the he's got the community <laughs> yeah. in the floods. He's in big trouble. Yeah. He's in big trouble. Okay, well, what I was gonna say about food environment that I find quite interesting because I think we blame quite a lot on food environment, but it's how you obviously it's how you respond to that. So why you know if environment is the problem, why isn't everyone overweight? 
I don't think it's the problem. I think it's a contributing variable. And we talk about willpower a lot, and it's a finite resource. So this time of year when motivation is low anyway, and you're surrounded by that. And often people will do silly things like they're overindulge, then they starve themselves, and they lead themselves to a place where they know they'll be triggered by foods and stick themselves in an environment like that, and they won't make more favourable choices. I, I suspect also what happens is that you establish a baseline based on that environment. So maybe in the environment in which you grow up in, you establish your baseline of the types of foods you enjoy, the types of foods you're tempted by, the types of foods you have to kind of curb your enthusiasm for, basically, because you like them so much. And then so... Um, you know, when willpower is low, like, you know, I know lots of people who, who don't really care for cake. I really like cake. So if there's, if cake is around, I'll be like, oh, you know, it will be hard for me to not eat it mm. if it's, you know, it's a freshly made, freshly like homemade cake or whatever. And I know it's something I'd really like. It'll be hard for me not to eat it. Whereas if you don't like cake, it's not hard for you not to yeah. eat it. Yeah, I think what you, you don't think right because it is. No, because I, I was. I, I because we like different things. Like we, we are, you know, we're weak for different things. So someone's weakness might be cheese, but there isn't cheese everywhere. Mm. But there is, like, you know, when you go and queue up at the um, in the newsagents, there isn't a rack of cheese at the counter. So if cheese is your weakness, it's not going to bother you that they put a load of chocolate out. Whereas if chocolate is your weakness, mm. I don't like calling it a weakness because that infers a moral judgment. I apologise, but you know what I mean by that. Um, and so this is another problem I think we have I was speaking to someone about this today that you try and be so well I was talking about PTs putting out content and what the sort of best content to put out is and stuff and I was saying how we should be putting out content that's going to help our clients but I think we're or I know that I feel pressure more from other trainers or other people in the industry to be so PC about how I talk about food or dieting or someone's body or their goals that it it you almost alienate your clients and they can't even resonate with you anymore because it's like the word diet is a bad word to say yeah. but if you well, if you try and reword it in such a way that it's politically correct nowadays your clients don't even understand what you're talking about I anymore know. i know i was going to use i was going to use your example mike because i do similar with my clients in that when it comes to hedonic foods is a scale of one to ten if you know that's something that you can't put down and is that towards 10 on that scale, then it's probably not a good idea to have that in the house. Oh, that's the interesting should... thing. I had this exact conversation with someone the other day because they were saying, these are the foods I won't but, have in you my said, house. Cake. Cake, I, I won't... Like, cake is a three for me, whereas anything OT, like if I had granola slices, that I just wouldn't have in the house because I know I'm not very good at portion controlling that. So if I was watching my intake, I just wouldn't yeah, buy that. So some... Stuff. Because it is a case. Some people are more of the opposite opinion that why should they be a slave to that sort of idea? Then they would want to train themselves to actually be able to eat those foods and to not feel like they are a prisoner to the fact that because that food is in their fridge, they've got to eat all of it. Yeah, I would agree mm. with that, for sure. Yeah, I, I do think there's there's phases, there's a yeah, time and place. Both. So if it's someone who's who's gone through significant lifestyle change and they are finding, for example, that being introduced into flexible dieting, then it may be that you go for a smarter version of that. So if chocolate, for example, you just buy portion controlled the smaller bars rather than buying the larger bars if you know you're not very good at portion controlling. So not necessarily totally removing it sometimes, but just being aware that that is a trigger food and that does likely lead you to making less favorable but choices. do you feel that p- 
putting it on almost like a pedestal as a trigger food like oh my god if i eat a granola bar just gonna eat the whole packet i know they're awful for me as in they trigger me and like you and your coach together had identified them as a trigger food it kind of like it's a self-fulfilling prophecy like oh if i eat that then bloody hell i'm just gonna eat everything and go way off track whereas if you're like actually i would say like especially starting out like if there is a food that that is the sort of problem for you. Go and eat it out. So, like, go and meet your mates mm. for a yeah, coffee and have a slab controlled of for you. Yeah. granola slice, whatever, because you can't overeat it. I don't even know there's such when, a thing as a granola yeah. slice. Well, no, you've either. not. Isn't that just a flapjack? Basically, yeah, but it's got some nuts a few seeds and, and sultanas in it, yeah. But, yeah, um, and things like nut butters as well. For me, that is. And granola. Granola's like my Yeah, well, do you know what? Granola used to be like that for me, and I'm not really fussed by it anymore. Yeah, I now buy the sachets, the serving sachets. What, a sachet of granola? A sachet. You get it in those sociopath 40-gram bags, which who eats 40 grams of granola? Come on. No one. It's ridiculous. I don't really know much about granola, if I'm honest. That I, always, I just I really honest. like cereal and granola seems to me to be like cereal that's trying to, a bit too hard. The actual king of cereal. Yeah, but it's like cereal that just doesn't know its place. It's the clean eaters of the cereal realm. Oh, it's so basically. calorific. But it it's has funny that, that it has complex. that like it thinks it's better than everyone yeah. else. Oh god, I just have because g- it's a health food. I have granola for breakfast. It's got nuts and seeds in it it must be good for I me also it's think so it's high really in fiber odd that they called it granola i wonder where that name comes from, from. grains and then it's like maybe it's like it because it's like a tombola of grains so they just added ola I'm, like when I'm, people say crapola i'm sure that was the exact thinking process when do people crapola. say crapola I've i said crapola. crapola maybe it came from granola but with crap mm. should we stop but recording now maybe i think yeah Okay, listen. <laughs> well, I've learned much today. I mean, there's no way anyone has made you. it to the end of this podcast. So let's let's give them a big challenge. Because if a round have, of applause. A round of applause for you. Well done, good sir or madam. Um, well, don't assume. Yeah. Come on. If People you might have, not identify. If you have made it to the end of this podcast, what? what should they? they do? do you know what's weird is when people like they is really hard because you're my brother was talking about one of his friends who now identifies as they but he kept like i asked him like four times in the conversation like well who else was there and he was like no it's just one person but they don't want to be i was like oh right yeah well it's really confusing there's there's an activist in america that thinks that a baby should be referred to babies because then they can decide themselves at five because at five, they're mature enough to make a decision. I think this is outside the scope of practice of our podcast. That, <laughs> do you know what? I just want to say, at five, I would have 100% chosen to be a boy. 
And now look at me, so feminine, so girly. <laughs> <laughs> I love that there was just the silence of, yeah, I, I mean, that does not surprise me at all. Anyway, if you've made it to the end of this podcast, tell us your favourite cereal. I think it should be a visual thing. Pictures. Uh, what, a picture of your favourite cereal? No, they have to send us a picture. Of what? Nothing, well, nothing graphic, obviously. Don't even suggest that, mate. Boobs. I know that's what you're going Of what, then? Send us a picture of your um, favourite Christmas food. Brussels sprouts. Well, yeah, for you, for sure. <laughs> well, no, okay. M&S, they didn't do them last year. The year before that, they did shredded Brussels sprouts. They? They do them every year. They? Where? M&S? Couldn't find them. Right, before. bye everyone. Listen, <laughs> rate, download. Catch um, later. I'll try and have some caffeine before the next episode okay love you bye love you, bye bye